Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Come on, help me welcome our East Campus, if you would. God bless you guys. It's going to be a great service. And how about a big welcome to our online campus, too. Come on, let's welcome them today. Peace to your house. We're going to have a good time. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, thank you for braving the weather. I'm telling you what, during first service, we, I could hardly hear myself and uh, just raining so hard, but everybody was listening so intently. I understand it's letting up a little bit now, and so that's a good thing. But I just want to thank you that church is important. Church, church days, well, you knew that. They affect the rest of our days, and you made the effort uh, to get here, and so glad that you're here. So I just want to thank you for that. I also want to thank you. Uh, we're wrapping up the year, and I just want to thank you just for your faithfulness, for your prayers, for your faith, for your involvement. I want to thank you for your generosity. Uh, you know, it is through your regular giving, your regular tithes and offerings, we've been able to accomplish so much this year and uh, just keep leaning forward and doing what God has put in our hearts. So I, that is not lost on us. We are so, so grateful uh, for your generosity. I also want to show you a couple of high points, a couple of highlights uh, over and above, beyond, we were able to this year launch in September our East Campus, fully funded, uh, averaging over 450 people every week, part of that East Campus. Small groups, over 1,500 people involved this year. Back to school support, we had some huge back to school uh, projects. You helped so many kids and organizations with that. 232 water baptisms during the hurricane relief. Uh, gave uh, 10,000 pounds of food and $10,000 that we were able to give away and help folks in need. And then Thanksgiving time, we had bags by the bumper. 17,000 pounds of food was donated. Y'all get it. You get it. And so I thank you. Thank you. We're not called to just be a worship center or a teaching center. We're, We're called certainly to come together, but then to go make a difference you know, in our community. And the Lord has been putting some things on my heart. I'm eager to see what all those things are. As we go into 2019, I'll be sharing some of those things with you in a few weeks and uh, some pretty exciting things to just do what God has called us to do. Amen. Amen. Well, we're, we're uh, in our series called Anti-Anxiety. Anybody here like me, you are anti-anxiety. Come on. And uh, if you're not, you need to get anti-anxiety. We all deal with worry and anxiety. Anxiety kind of being a... uh, umbrella term for fear and fretting and worrying and, you know, distress and all of those things. Uh, the range of it's incredible as far as, you know, mild to extreme. And, uh, but thank God we can get some help. Amen. And, uh, we have so much help available to us, uh, just through God's word and then combining that with, uh, uh, just some real practical things as well. But we all deal with anxiety, but that's the key that you deal with it. And as I've told you each week, you either handle it or it will what? It will, it will handle you. And so we've been giving you some keys on this. And the two big keys that you always need to remember, this is easy to remember, and I'll just remind you quickly. First one is this, give it over to God. Give it over to God. Come on, everybody say it. Give it over to God. 
And the second one is this, get in this moment, get in this moment. So we've spent five weeks now developing this and and expanding on this so that we could all get a good, good grip on this. Um, And today I want to just kind of fill in some of the little bit of gaps and ultimately give you an action list today. Let's look in Proverbs 12, 25. It says, anxiety weighs down the heart, brings a heaviness. It can even bring depression. But a kind word cheers it up. A good word, an encouraging word, a kind word actually brightens and lifts the soul. And uh, so hearing helps. What you hear helps or what you hear hurts. I mean, you know, sometimes uh, some of y'all are watching too much news, you know, and I don't know why you watch it constantly. You know, you need to just find some ways to drop in and see what is going on, but don't spend hours and hours doing that because I'm telling you what, it will wear you out and weigh you down. But what you hear can also help. I hope what you hear today helps. Uh, and that will brighten, and it will lift. And uh, so hearing helps. Guess what else helps? Prayer helps. Amen. And I don't mean that just in a, uh, we're in church, so you're supposed to say religious things. I, I resist that. Uh, prayer helps. Prayer helps, and we've spent much of this series also learning how to apply that. And then another thing is this, action helps. Action helps. You know, it's one thing to pray, but also you you need to do some things. You know, your way through anxiety, your way out of anxiety really is a combination of prayer and action, prayer and action. Watch the life of Jesus. Watch what he modeled, his life, his ministry. He modeled prayer and action. And uh, certainly it is through the combo, the holy combo of prayer and action that we're going to be able to get through and deal with the, the worry, the anxiety that would try to come into our life. Amen? Amen? Now, there are more things that frighten us than injure us. There are more things that frighten us than injure us. Um, you suffer more in your imagination than you do in reality. As we saw earlier, it's generally understood and accepted that when you're dealing with anxiety, that really only about 10% of that has to do with the actual event or circumstances. That's only about 10% of it uh, is what throws you into anxiety. Another 45% of that has to do with your mindset. And the, and the remaining 45% has to do with some other factors such as uh, Uh, family of origin, the home you were raised in, uh, your temperament, sometimes chemical issues and so forth that play into that. But here's the thing. Really, when you're stressed, when you're worried, really the factors of that is only about the real deal that's what's going on is only about 10% of that. So we need to take action in this. And the other thing, though, to realize is sometimes it may only be 10% uh, you know, contributing to why I'm so worried or, ang- or anxious. But here's another major aspect and percentage of that is, is this, is sometimes you're not helping your own cause. How many of you know sometimes we don't do the things that we should be doing? Come on, you're out there. And then how many of you know also sometimes we do the wrong things? We do things that work against us. We don't do the things that help us, and we do things that hurt us sometimes. And so here's, here's a good word from God for you. Cut it out, okay? 
Uh, but I want to give you an action list today. We'll roll through some things. A lot of information all ties together, flows together, and this will help us today. Now, what we want to make sure is that we're not leaving ourselves open somehow, you know, vulnerable somehow. Uh, imagine if you took your car and left it running overnight, lights on, radio on, wipers on, everything on that can be on, windows down, sunroof open, you've got food and your fast food bags all over your car, and you leave it at the edge of the woods overnight or in the Walmart parking lot. And so now you're subject to weather, critters, and shoppers. How many of you know in the morning it's not going to be good? I'm just guessing that come morning time it's not going to be good. Why? Because you've left it open. And you know what we do with our own lives and our own souls sometimes is we, we don't do things or we do things that leave us open and leave us vulnerable. And it actually invites, it welcomes, it ushers in anxiety and worry into our lives. Look, look with me in Proverbs 25, verse 28 in the message, a paraphrase. It says, a person without self-control or self-rule is like a house with its door and windows knocked out. How many of you know that's not going to be good either? And so we want to be careful with our soul, with ourself, that we're not just leaving ourselves open and vulnerable. So I want to go through a number of things here. Let me see. We've got about six things that we'll, we'll go through, categories uh, on an action list for us today. The first one is this, decision. Decision. Come on, everybody say decision. Uh, the first uh, act this first step toward action would be a decision. And the first decision, as we're dealing with anxiety and worry and so forth, the first decision needs to be this. Am I going to cast these cares or am I going to carry these cares? And see, it's up to you. You actually decide, get this off of me or not. How many of you, if right now a giant spider came down on his web and landed on your shoulder? Don't worry, we don't have spiders here, okay. But if that happened, how many of you know you have a decision to make? And I doubt many of you would go, well, it must be God's will. <laughs> no, I'm smashing God's critter in that moment. Y'all hear me? And so you have a decision. Cares are, are as dangerous or more than that. So you have your, your decision to make. Look in Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burden, your care. Roll it over unto the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And look with me in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So we have that ability and we have a place to cast them over. This is essentially what we're talking about with that first key. Give it over to God. Give it over to God. So by faith, you just say, God, I can't carry this. You can. I don't know what to do with this. You do. I don't have the strength for this. You do. And just to have that interaction, that transaction with the Lord and cast it over unto the Lord. For first of all is decision. Also understand this. Decision. Just make a decision. Make a decision. When you do that, it actually releases neurotransmitters are released and they are activated and they go and actually shut down your stress centers of your brain. So you, you regain a sense of control and a sense of focus if you'll just make a decision. So you're in the heat of battle, you're dealing with what you're dealing with, you have worry and stress and all of that, 
I'm telling you, just by making a decision, and your decision may be, you know what? I'm going to lunch. That's a good decision. But make, make a decision, and God will help you with that, and, and immediately when you do it, you can start to feel some relief in that. The next one on our action list is this. Start up and shut down. Uh, you got to be careful, otherwise I was going to say shut up and... <laughs> Come on, read it with me. Start up and shut down. This is your takeoff. This is your landing. This is starting your day. This is ending your day. Look at me. You need to be deliberate about this. You need to be very intentional about how you start and stop your day. Starting and stopping your day uh, is stewardship of your day. It's stewardship of your soul. You cannot leave these edges ragged and undefined. You can't just wander into your day and wander out of your day. I believe there needs to be some clear and definite hem in, border in, the start and stop every day. It needs to be definite moments that you're starting and stopping your day. You can't just, you know, tap the uh, snooze button six, seven times. You've eaten up all your margin. And then all the, you know, you grab a Pop-Tart. You just kind of throw some water in your hair. You're doing makeup in the car. You're, you're driving crazy. You get to work. I got on two different shoes. You know, guess what? You're, you're not ready for the day. And then you go through your day, and you're scattered and grumpy and everything else. And then your night, you just kind of, you know, you're watching TV and eating junk food and scrolling endlessly through everybody else's social media. And then finally you drift off to sleep, and you wake up in the morning, and you got Cheeto dust on your face. <laughs> and here we go all over again. You're laughing because you know it's true, you know. And so you, need, you, you can't do this. You can't do this. Leaving, leaving how you start and end your day is a very, very important thing. At a minimum, at a minimum, let me give you this, what we call first and final 15. Your first 15 minutes, your final 15 minutes, where you have some focused thought, focused time in God's Word, and pray. You can accomplish so much in 15 minutes to wake up and say, God, thank you for getting me through the night. Thank you for this new day. Jesus, I declare that you're my creator. You're my redeemer. You're my Lord. Spend some time in the word. God, I forgive everybody ahead of time today. I cast my cares onto you. I thank you. I'm never alone. I'm never without help. There's some great devotionals that, that are out to help you just with, you know, to, to read some scripture, get some insight on it, and then pray and think about some things. And all right, God, here I go. Here I go and you are with me. And in your day in similar style. One of the last things I say is, Lord, and now I rest in you. And then I turn it off. And believe God for sweet sleep and sweet dreams. You've got to start and end your day. Otherwise, if you have those ragged, undefined edges, you are welcoming anxiety to, to come in not only into your day, but also into your sleep. Amen. Next would be this, settings. Settings. You're actually designed for this. Three settings that you have to get yourself into. They're all, they're all related, but they're uniquely different. And things happen in each of these settings that can't happen in any other setting. You're designed for these, and you thrive when you participate in these settings. The first one would be this, all alone. Come on, everybody say it, all alone. You're going to have to get all alone, but it's not just all alone with you. It's all alone with God. 
There's an Armenian proverb that, that reads this way, solitude is full of God. Some of you are looking for God and he's with you. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. But you're not sensing God because you're always seeking him with all the noise and clutter and everybody around. And you need to slow down, get into a place of solitude. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Solitude is full of God. You need to get in that setting. The other setting is this, all together, all together. Come on, everybody say that, all together. And so all together is this. Hebrews 10.25 uh, is one place mentioned in Scripture. It is a New Testament imperative command that as you see the day approaching, which means as you see these days unraveling, as you see the day approaching, you are to make it the manner and the pattern of your life that you gather, not just gather, but assemble, that we come together because we put it this way, church days affect what? They affect the rest of your days. And so that is a setting you also must get in. And the third setting would be this, together, together. Something happens in each of these settings that can't happen in the other settings. So you need together because together is different than all together. Together is face to face. Together is up close. Together is with your spouse or dear friend or a small group or a counselor that you get close to them so that you can know and be known and you can listen and you can be heard and you can love and be loved and share and be shared with and serve and be served and and you've got to get in that setting as well all of these together now let me tell you the enemy of your soul wants none of this for you and will do his very best to stress you out, get you turned around, whatever, so you're not spending alone time with God, that you're not gathering with the family of God and gaining all that can come from that, and then you're not getting face-to-face with people that are actually positive, healthy, uh, helping you, encouraging you, edifying you. So all of these, very, very vital. If you don't have these in your life, I'm telling you what, you're leaving some openings and some weak spots, again, for anxiety to kind of thrive in your life. You don't want that. Next one is this, act alive, act alive. Come on, everybody say it. And now do it, okay? All right, act, act, act alive. Uh, these are some practical things. And you need to understand, even though we're talking about spiritual things, spiritual and practical often go together. Some people are just so religious and then they don't do anything that corresponds with it. And so it's a matter of uh, applying these things as well. So let me go through some of these. And I'll give you a little bit of background, first of all. Anxiety is processed in the soul but it's carried in the body. It's processed in the soul, but we carry it in the body. And if you'll remember a few weeks ago, I shared with you about how Jesus said, don't worry. He said, don't worry. And that New Testament Greek word for worry there means to tear and rip apart. And so that's what worry will do, tear and rip you apart, not just in your soul, but in your body. So we fight back in our soul, but we also fight back in our body. Let me quickly go through a list, a practical list of how to act alive. You need to eat properly. That was rousing. Amen. (laughs) You need to rest. You need to get adequate rest. You need to make sure that you have times of stillness in your life. You need to exercise and exert some. I'm old. I can't exercise. You can move what you can move, okay? Move it or lose it. There you go. You You need to stretch. You need to stretch. You need to laugh. You need to have music. You need to have music in your life. 
You need to have some music that is calm. And you, have, you need some music that you crank up. Some of y'all need some more boogie in your steps. <laughs> you need to get outside. And when you do, look up and look around. As you come and go, you need to smile. You need to smile anyway. The Bible says in the Psalms, lift up your countenance. When you do it, there's actually things that are released in your brain that help you feel like things are better just, just when you smile. You need to greet people. You need to smile at people, even people you don't know. just needs to be a practice. Hey, how you doing? Now, you might scare some people, but... You need to help people. You need hugs. You need 12 hugs a day. And not just from the same person. And not from yourself. You need hugs. Before you get out of here, get 12 hugs. And look at me. And don't be creepy. Okay. And you need to serve. You need to do what you do, do your regular tasks, do them a little more slowly and purposefully. And I don't care what it, it could be doing dishes. It could be doing dishes. Slow down a little bit and take your time and do a really good job and be mindful of what you're doing in that moment. And I'm telling you what, that will help you. Also, there's a principle called the order principle. And it would be good every day. Come on, everybody say every day. Every day, throw something away and give something away. Every day, it will lighten your load, not just in all your clutter and stuff. It will help you in that way. And then do this. Write it down. Everybody say, write it down. When you write things down, you relieve your mind. Okay? Uh, sometimes I'll call Alicia. Hey, I'm on my way home, pass to the grocery store, anything we need. And she'll start giving me a list. Hairspray, deodorant, Cheerios, bananas. You know, and it just, you know, just starts, starts going. I, I can't handle that. I get I, I get anxious. Like, could you just text that to me? Or I'll write it down as soon as I can. Because here's the principle. Ready? Here's the principle. What the mind is forced to retain, the body is forced to endure. So as soon as you write it down, you bring some relief to yourself. So don't be doing things that are adding extra load to both your mind and your body. Next would be this. Resist. Resist. Come on, everybody say resist. You need to break the habit of worry. Look at me. Don't accept that you have to live with worry and anxiety. Don't just accept, well, it's just the way I am. Grandma was that way. Mama's that way. I'm this way. You know, because it gets worse by generation. So you need to resist that. You need to deal with that. Look in John chapter 14, verse 27. In the Amplified Bible, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. You have some say-so on it. You have some say-so on it. And how many of you know that those anxious thoughts, they cycle around and around and around, keep asking you the same thing over and over and over and saying the same thing to you over and over again. You know what you need to do? You need to start talking back and say, put me on your do not call list. Never call me again. You need to talk back, push back, resist a little bit. Amen? Every day there's going to be something to worry about. Every day there's going to be something to be anxious about. I call it the worry bus. 
And every morning the worry bus is going to pull up in front of your house. All aboard, right? And you need to just walk out on your step and go, not coming. I don't ride the bus anymore. And if you have to walk, walk, but don't ride the worry bus. Are you all with me? You've got to resist this, resist this. Uh, The next one is this, pay attention to peace. Pay attention to peace. What do you mean by that? You should monitor your own soul. And if you're not at peace, how many of you just love when, when you just have peace? About seven people right through here. Okay. We love peace. We're after peace. We're designed for peace. And when you're not at peace, hear me on this. You need to pay attention to that. And you need to ask yourself questions. Why am I not at peace? What's bothering me? What's going on? You'll start to sort it out. It's like, uh, it's what they said. It's what I need to get done. Oh, yeah, I got to finish that, or this is bothering me, or I heard that. And you need to sort those things out and handle with those things. Listen, if you're not at peace, you should be alarmed and not accepting of it. Don't just accept, well, I'm just always this way. It's Monday. Don't do that. Don't do that. Monitor your soul. Pay attention to peace. Track it down and deal with it. Don't just allow this foggy, misty air pollution in your soul of these vague, piled up, life's a mess kind of thing. We need to sort those things out. And sometimes, listen to me, sometimes what you're dealing with is spiritual. Sometimes it could be you haven't done what you need to do. Sometimes it's relational. God will give you wisdom and grace to know how to handle those things. Sometimes it's financial. It could be all those things. But sometimes you can't track down what it is, and you know what it is? You have an enemy of your soul. And I can't track what it is, but there's some heaviness. There's some angst in me. What is that? And if you can't track it down, then you need to take spiritual authority. And our spiritual authority, your badge for that authority is the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. And we sang about the name of Jesus above every name that is named. And sometimes, and I do this quite often, I sorted it out. I'm still not at peace. There's something right there. And I know it's the enemy of my soul. So you know what I do? And I've taught this for years. I just say this. Whatever this is, in the name of Jesus, leave me now. Why don't we practice that one more time? In the name of Jesus, leave me now. You don't have to scream. You don't have to go get your plastic sword of the Spirit and put on camo. You just, it's in, it's in the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you what, and if that doesn't take care of it, do it again. And if that doesn't take care of it, just walk on off. And thank God for his peace and repeat as needed. And I'm telling you what, this works because darkness is subject to light. Darkness is subject to the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let me give you one last little exercise. It's, it's called a focus exercise. A focus exercise. I want to use it just with the 23rd Psalm. And we'll do this real quick. And you can, you can apply it in a lot of different ways. But watch, watch this carefully. Let's go to this. The Lord is my shepherd. And you want to emphasize this. 
The Lord is my shepherd. Now watch the next line. The Lord is my shepherd. Keep going. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now let's do it again in a different way. And watch this. My shepherd. Go ahead to the next one. My shepherd restores my soul. Keep going. My shepherd restores my soul. 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 Pastor, what is that for? It helps your own mind to just stop all the other stuff and just settle in and start to meditate on some truths. And and I'll just tell you this in closing. If you focus on your worries, your anxiety will increase. You focus on your shepherd, your heart will be at peace. So pray, but also act. The combination of those things together, there's so much more to share on this, but I'm trying to give you the good keys so that you can walk out of here today and realize, you know what, I'm not going to let this handle me. I'm going to handle this, and I'm going to walk in the peace that the Prince of Peace came to bring me. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.